Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Isla Bates. I'm a pediatric and adult psychiatrist in private practice in New York City. I'm also a physician coach for those physicians who are burning out. And this is where I interview guests who are creatives, whether they're in healthcare or outside of healthcare. And each week, I bring to you a new episode. Hey, I'm about to interview Willie Mack. He's a comedian, actor, and I just saw him and his brother John on a show on HGTV, which I'm addicted to, which is called My Flipping Family. I was so excited when I saw them because they're two brothers. One of them is a comedian and he's the creative on the team and he renovates houses um, and designs. He does the design and, and his brother, John, is a real estate agent who, who finds the property and also does a lot of the construction around the property. It was really exciting to me because I see them as super creative, innovative, and they're also mindful because they are creating community and they are doing wonderful things for neighborhoods and communities in, um, in communities in St. Louis that need restoration. And, and so they're doing beautiful work. They're using their creativity and um, to heal others. And I just think, wow, fantastic. Just to let you know, when I saw my flipping family on HGTV, I was totally excited. Yeah, it was so great to see you and your brother. The fact that you're a comedian, designer, and house flipper, I just, you know, resonated with me. I felt a real connection. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For you being you being a creative and also doing like wonderful work for the community as well. So mm -hmm. thank um, you. And you're funny. You're hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I've learned from a very early age, and sometimes it, it was like uh, good and bad that uh, you can't take life too serious. And just, uh, just on a, even an honest note, I've lost a lot of friends during the pandemic, before the pandemic. And I was like, man, they, we were the same age. Wow. And maybe a couple of years off, but, but I was like, all right, so I need to live my life as full as possible. There's no purpose for me. Like I was on a show uh, called College Hill on BET. And one thing that they people say about me on that show, because it was a lot of drama on the show, but people liked that I didn't, I wasn't one of the people that got in the drama. I didn't fight, I didn't argue. And I was like, why? Why, why, why do I need to hold up all this anger or fighting spirit? I'm like, no, life's, life's, life's short. Let's have fun. As much fun as we can. I, I'm 100% with you. Yeah. I had a heart attack like five years ago, six mm. years ago now. And that totally helped me to shift and appreciate, you know, every day and to be grateful for the little things. Um, yeah. So that makes life beautiful. Yes, yes. So did I hear in one of your videos that you have a son? Yeah, my son actually <laughs> will turn 20 years old uh, uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah. Very funny story. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank, thank, thank you. It is a crazy story. Yeah, I had my kid in high school. It was funny. Uh, this, um, mm -hmm. Where you talk about the monster. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. True story. I've always been, even to this day, I'm still scared of the dark. Like I, like I, I can't sleep with closet doors or bathroom doors open. I don't know why it's just a mental thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember that day, it was like my son screamed, like, Dad, Dad, I think there's a must in my room. And I said, like, why are you in here? He was like, do something, Dad. I was like, oh, man. And I called my dad to come check both of our rooms. I'm like, see, now look what you did. You made us wake Dad up. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Um, so tell me about your um, childhood growing up so I was a preacher's kid I uh, played I played the saxophone at first I didn't want to play the saxophone it was one of those things where you know your parents try to make you do activities and all this other stuff but then uh, as I got older and this is just me being joking but not at the same time I found out a lot of women like guys that played the saxophone <laughs> so I so I, was, I I end up enjoying I still have my saxophone in my closet this day I haven't played in years but uh yeah, I still have it. I keep saying I'm going to dust it off, but I don't. But I was always a goofy kid. I It's interesting. I was having this conversation with uh, some folks maybe a couple of days ago where I was a class clown. I remember in third grade, one of the first jokes or bits that I've ever done was I used to act like my hand was alive in class. Like I'll be like sitting on the desk and I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like no, not right now. You know, last time you got in trouble. And they'd be acting like a fight. I'm like, no, stop, stop. Willie. Go to the principal's office. And my, my dad used to be like, why are you like this? And, you know, growing up as a preacher's kid and not just a preacher's kid, but in the Midwest where you're kind of taught, you go to school, you go to college, you get a job, you get married. It's kind of it's kind of your life. You, you work hard till you're 64, you retire, you build up this 401k and then you, you oh. that's your life. Mm-hmm. And it, it just never sat right with me. It just was always like, I don't want to do, I don't, I wasn't, I wasn't good at school. I was smart, but I was a different type of smart. I wasn't like book smart. I didn't, I didn't like reading. I had ADD. So it took a a lot of me just to even be able to focus. I was a visual learner. If you showed me something visually, like even when I played the saxophone, I, I could read music, but I, I learned the saxophone just like I could hear a song and I know what notes they are. And I could play that same. Give me like an hour. I could play whatever I just heard on my saxophone. Nice. And so I've always been a creative. I remember uh, friends, uh, a lot of my female friends when I was younger in high school, they would call me and ask me to tell them bedtime stories. I could create a story just like this. And you can interject in the story. It's like, all right, now throw in a car. And I'll be able to put transition into how a car in this story. Like, all right, tell about a. Uh, Whatever. I was always a storyteller. So because of that, St. Louis wasn't where I wanted to end up. So I actually came to Los Angeles, where I'm at now, chasing a female. I was so in love with her at, at <laughs> when I was 17 years old. And when we, she yeah. turned, we, we both turned 19. And she's like, I think I'm going to move to Los Angeles. And I was like, chill out. Nobody from St. Louis just moves to Los Angeles. Let's just stay here. You know what we're supposed to do. You know you know the schedule. She's like, no. Nah. So she came out here and I came out here chasing her. We only lasted like six months after that. And then we, uh, I stayed out here and mm-hmm. I went to college. And college was how I was able to even live out here. So I was living in the dorms. And then I was in the dorms. I was sharing a room with like two other roommates or whatever uh, yeah. through the college. And I was like, can I not just get my money from what y'all are making me pay for housing and I can get my own place? <laughs> and so I ended up getting my own place based off of that. 
And uh, I ended up working on the Bernie Mac show as a as a back just as a background actor. Okay. And working on the Bernie Mac show is what changed my life and my career path. Because I was like, all right, I'm gonna get this degree because I do have my degree in uh, international business. Because I was gonna end up. Where did hmm? you go to school? Where did you go to college? I went to college at the university. I ended up going to the college at the University of the Virgin Islands, where we also shot oh. College Hill. Yeah, it was an HBCU. So from there, because I was like, all right, well, now I get this degree, maybe I just go to school to be a lawyer. That's what I That's what I was going to be. I was going to be a lawyer because I just wanted to talk in front of people. I was really good at defending myself, and yeah. I was interested in that. But then I worked on the Burning Mac show, and I and one day turned into six days, because at this time, Burning Mac was really sick. So he couldn't finish, finish scenes so he would leave and all this other stuff. And one day I was talking to Kalita Smith, who played his wife on the show. And her assistant, I found out, was from St. Louis, went to Hazelwood Central, same high school and all of this. Bernie Mac comes out and he's like, who's this melted milk bed y'all talking to? Talking about me. <laughs> and uh, we had a great connection. And for him to be who he was and making all the money that he's been making, to talk to someone like me, who was just this background actor that just walks in the background. And I was like, whatever it is he is doing, I'm going to learn, I'm going to study, and I want to be that. And then when I found that, when I started studying and developing and everything, I was like, this is what I was meant to do. So the way that real estate happened, we was always doing real estate with our dad as kids. Like he was all, like he has a quote even in the show where he says, if you're old enough to hold a bottle, you're old enough to hold a hammer. We was working with our dad at eight, 10 years old at the properties that he uh, acquired. And so one day I did this uh, Vic commercial and my brother, John, who I'm on the show with, asked me, he was like, so what are you doing with all this money that you've made on these commercials and stand up? I was like, oh, man, I got stacked up in the bank. Balling. And he's like, you're so stupid. I was like, stupid. He's like, yeah. So you're just going to let the banks make money off your money. Mm. And I said, oh. And that's something that we're not taught. We're not taught that in school. We're not taught financial literacy. We're not taught, now that you made all this money, you're supposed to just save it and put it in a 401k and just you know build it up until retirement, like we said earlier. I was like, all right, John, so what should we do? He's like, start bringing that money that you're making home to St. Louis and let's start buying properties. So we started buying properties in St. Louis. Then uh, maybe last year or a year and a half ago, we bought a commercial building in St. Louis. We started writing a, a a children's book together that should be coming out this summer. Oh, yeah. that's so exciting. I love it. Love it. We just I can't signed wait. a publishing deal and all of that. So yeah. you'll be on the lookout for that. Uh, we're opening a coffee shop in uh, fall. So we started learning financial literacy. And I am the goopy brother. I'm always on, you know, social media, TV. So every time we bought a property, I would go home to St. Louis and I would film it. I'd be like, hey, Mac boys did it again. We bought another house. And it annoyed John tremendously because Jonathan is that person that's like, we have a focus. We have a budget. He's he's that he's that bro. He's the serious yeah. brother. This needs to happen. This needs to happen. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> so I used to post those videos on YouTube and Instagram and production companies started reaching out to us. It's like, oh, you all seem like great brothers. Y'all love you all's contrast. And uh, would y'all be interested in you all's own show? So maybe a few times we were pitched to HGTV. Uh, the right concept came along. Yeah. And uh, my flipping family. Yeah. 
I love it. I love it. That's so awesome. You're loving it, the design part of it. How it's many more collaborative with me is. and John. Yeah. Uh, the show makes me seem like I do it all by myself, which is yeah. fine. <laughs> but the truth is, a lot of the stuff me and John do run ideas together. So we'll both be there like, hey, John, should we do these or should we do these? And John will have his input in it as well. John really does do contracting work. Like when you see the episode, it's me and my brothers mainly. There's some things obviously we hire contractors for, but right. we have the entire family and all five of my brothers will be our scene wow, in the show. Yes. Yeah. So that, that, that. that's a blessing. Yeah, that is a blessing. And John's a real estate agent mm-hmm. and a contractor as well. Yes. Um, how long has he been a real estate agent? Did he do that just out of college or? No. So John out of co- John actually bought his first property while he was in college so he could help him pay for college. Uh-huh. So he ended up uh, while he was in college, he went to uh, UMSL. Yeah, he, he saved up enough money. He bought his first property and he rented it out. So the money that he was getting from rent, he was using to pay for college and all of that. Right. He and John ended up doing becoming a real estate agent maybe like three years ago, because as we started buying more properties and selling more properties, we noticing all the money's going to this real estate agent. And most yep. of the times the mm-hmm. uh, properties were selling within like the first week, week and a half. People would come in. This is beautiful. Set an offer. Boom. John was like, why are we giving so much money to these real estate agents? We could be keeping this money in house. So John said, I'm going to go get my real estate uh, license and I'm going to. And so he ended up getting his real estate license. So now we are able to, you know, get on the MLS and see yep. some of these things. And so from there, John also uh, ended up finding our properties now and all this other stuff. So, That's yes. Fantastic. I love it. I love it. I've bought five properties. I'm flipping one now. Um, it's really a lot of work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of work. How many have you done? How many properties have you guys worked on? (sighs) It's in the teens. Oh, Uh, yeah. Are you renting all of them? Do you keep the doors or you just flip them all? So right now we've have flipped all of them. We have one right now that's in like a country club hills or whatever. Uh, are you are you you're, you're in St. Louis or where are you? No, I'm actually in Brooklyn, New York. Right oh, now. nice. Yeah. So, well, we bought more properties and we have a property in St. Louis, but we sold most of them in order to like secure this bank loan. They're like, we want to see that you all are flipping homes. So we, like, so we had yeah. to sell all of our properties to show that we could sell. But we kept our we have. So we have one house right now. No, we have two homes right now. Um, we have a we have an old frat house. So. Uh, a lot of the frat homes have been shut down in St. Louis because there was a lot of deaths, colleges. So they shut them down. So it was like abandoned frat home. So we was able to, we was lucky enough to work with uh, UMSL to get one of these frat homes. And so we're going to end up using that as a rental property for uh, housing like international students. And then we also have, like I said, the commercial, we have three commercial properties. Mm-hmm. So one we're turning into a coffee shop. The other one we're turning into an event space. And the third one, we don't know yet. We're trying to figure out like a good, a good third like money maker. So we was leaning toward like a daycare center. Then we was thinking like an adult daycare center. Then I was like, maybe we'll turn it into a, a podcast. I don't know. We're we're gonna figure it out. But yeah, so 
We're an art, ga- art gallery. See, that's, mm, I like that actually. Yeah. So yeah, it's a nice size space too. It's like a, it's like it's like a, it's a oh it used to it used to be a, like a warehouse. Yeah. So uh, mm, yeah. I mean, you could have events and an art gallery all in all in one too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. People like to have events at art galleries. Yeah. And um, you know, I, this is a little bit of my dream, I guess, is to own a building where I have an art gallery and the community comes and creates art there. And then within it, their mental health services too. Mm-hmm. Which is so important. And yeah. I, it, it wasn't until last year that I decided to start even taking care of my own mental health because, you know, and, and I, I, I'll just say it like as one, as men and as uh, a man of color, we're not necessarily taught to like take care of our mental health or seek help uh, mentally, just be stronger and, uh, Real men don't X Y Z. It's yeah. like that's that's not true. We everybody needs help. We're mm-hmm. all not we're all, but some of the ones that are I guess damaged or just need someone to talk to or just someone to just seek help from or get a different vantage point. It's so important for us to do that in our community as men, just or just as people. So I am a really big advocate of mental health awareness and just the wellness of it all. So that would be a great building for a wellness community of some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, <laughs> I don't know. Then you know, we'll keep it in mind. Nothing. Yeah. nothing there's no such thing as a bad idea. So yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Now I think it's important for us to be seen and heard. And most of the time in our work situations, as people of color, we often feel invisible, or not seen, not appreciated not belonging. I think it's really important that we have more and more spaces where we can be seen and appreciated. I agree. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So what's on the horizon for you? What's next? So I live in, I'm in an industry where everything is so close yet so far away, but you have to appreciate and just enjoy the journey and just like, let go, like, what's that saying? Let go and let God, or yeah. just let the universe, whatever it is that you believe in, don't believe in, because there's some there's projects that's up in the air. Yeah. Because with HGTV, with this first episode, um, they what they're doing is they're putting this one episode out, and then they're right now they're trying to gathering all the view, how many views did it get, what are people's responses, and all this other stuff, and then based off this information they got. They will either give us more episodes or they won't give us more episodes, but we're prepared for it either way. Just for the idea for me to be able to have sold a show to HBTV just by itself is is huge because it really thank thank you. It's huge because one, it is it is a predominantly non-ethnic network. So for them to even take the time out to listen and to even do what they did for us is it, it speaks volumes, it's baby steps. It lets other people and the amount of people that have hit us up, like we didn't even know that this was a thing that you could do this. So thank you, Willie, for showing us yes. that this is even possible. So the whole Discovery family, HGTV family, that's like, that's huge for us. So outside of that, 
we, me and my brother are going to continue to buy properties. We're going to continue to work on these children books where we will teach uh, financial literacy and in, in a fun, in, in a fun Willie Mac oh, and John. Yeah. So, I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, Tell me, about I, can you talk about the children's book at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so in this particular book, it, uh, it, it talks about two brothers who their father wants them to build a tree house. So in their head, they're like, they're competitive. They're like, all right, dad said build a tree house. So I'm going to build this type of tree house and I'm going to build this type of tree house. And uh, both of them have good things about their tree house. Some of them have bad things about the tree house. And the father's like, why did our the father and mom are like, why didn't y'all collab y'all's idea together and build a tree house together? Because we are competitive when we, and so in this book, we talk about different, per, how your different personalities can be beneficial for a group effort. And I, you know, we kind of got that idea because there's a lot of people that come up to us talking about, we would love to flip homes like you and your brother, but we don't have millions of dollars. We don't have millions of dollars. We don't have a million dollars. We barely have a couple hundred thousand dollars, right. but we understand a collaborative effort. Let's say a building costs a hundred thousand dollars. You're like, man, I don't have a hundred thousand dollars, but you might have 10,000. You might have 10,000. You might have a few friends that have 10,000. One might have 20,000. One might only have 2,500. So if you put you all's money together and understand percentages and all this other stuff, the business aspect of it, then you all can purchase that building. And then, you know, you take the equity out of that building and you purchase another one. And it's about building just teamwork and understanding the different personalities and how to make that work. Like my mom is a life coach. And one of the things that she taught us was there's this thing called the color code uh, personality test. So the color code, I think it's like four colors, like you either have a red personality, a white personality, a blue personality, or a uh, yellow. Like I'm a yellow. A yellow is like the person that's like super spontaneous, enthusiastic. Then you got the red type who are very just like strict and to the book. And so, but in this in these type of personality tests, which was meant for schools and like businesses, y'all might have different personalities. There's a purple where it's red and blue can uh, work together. Like, how do you put your uh, your strong traits with their strong traits? How can your strong traits help out their weaknesses and vice versa? So we're touch on that in just like a fun, humorous way that that's for like the ages of around six to eight years old for them to understand. Sometimes it's, it's okay to ask to work with your brother or your family members or with somebody else to get a bigger uh, goal met and see how beautiful this project will be. So it, that's the that's the book. Uh, Dylan and Perry Build a Treehouse is the book it. that you should be on the lookout for. It's going to be at, we're working with a marketing and distribution team now to try to get it in as many bookstores, get it on Amazon and all of that other stuff. And so, yeah. Well, I'll definitely promote it any way I can. And I'm a child psychiatrist, so... Oh. Yeah, I also, you know, I'm a psychiatrist for adults, but children's books are really important to me and especially children's books with people of color because we don't have enough of them. And I love this idea of collaboration, building together, because in real estate, that's so important. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way to really scale is to end up doing syndications, larger collaborations. Yeah, yeah. And, and I am learning a lot of this stuff very late in life. I wish I knew this in my 20s, but I'm trying to teach my daughter that so that things could be a whole lot different if I started a long time ago. Yeah, I understand. 
Yeah, but real estate is awesome and I love it. I love the potential that's there as well. And that's also what it's about is because sometimes I look at it, um, I feel like I I jumped in on a lot of this. It's one of those things where we all say, if I knew then what I knew now and all this (laughs) other stuff, where would I be? Like I even saw a post and it was amazing how many people said that I think what the wrong thing answer was. It's like, would you rather have $20 million right now or would you rather go back to the age of 10 knowing everything that you know now? And a lot of people was like, I'd rather have the 20 million now. Now I was like, man, do you not know if I knew then what I knew now, how much hundreds of millions, if not a, I would <laughs> told myself at, in 13, hey, put a thousand dollars on Bitcoin when it was 0.00001 cent and, and just watch it become a $20 billion net worth at yeah. this point. That's like, I'm like, I'd rather go back and do the work than take the easy way out right now. Yeah. Because like, and I, and I, and this is something that I say, you're telling your daughter, I tell my son, I'm like, look, Malcolm, here's what I wish a younger me would have told me. And I'll tell him now, will he do it? Who knows? Because my dad, my dad had a really good example about this when he was, because when I was on college, you know, I was the fun loving dude. I was, I was drinking on TV and just partying or whatever. And people will come up to my dad after service. And it's like, how are you preaching up here? And your son is on TV doing X, Y, Z. And my dad said, listen, I gave my son all the tools. I'm like, here's the hammer. Here's the nails. Here's the wood. Now, if he didn't build a house and he built a boat or he built whatever, I gave him the tools. That's all. That's all we can do as parents. And so I'm and I learned that as a value. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give my son the tools. And I am going to, I'm going to watch him from afar and I'm going to let him make his mistakes or not mistakes, but I'll come in if I can, if I have to or whatever. But that's something that I, it's one of those things where you teach the next generation what you wish you would have known. And mm-hmm. even some of the things that maybe your parents could have done better or whatever. And so that, yeah, that's really important. And that's, I'm glad that both of us are doing that. Yeah, no, it's so important that your kids have their own journey and they have to fail. I think Mm -hmm. in failure, we learn a lot about life. And if you don't, if you're constantly hovering over them and trying to protect them all the time, they won't learn their mistakes. Exactly. So important. Sounds like you're a good parent. (laughs) I, I, I try. I try to be. That's my boy, man. That's my boy. Yeah. That's awesome. What is he doing, your son? So my son wants to be a musician. So I have I bought him all this equipment so he can be the musician, that uh, artist that he wants to be. But at the same time, he, he does notice. I saw him look. I see because, you know, when you're on Instagram, you can see who's looking at your stories and all this other stuff. So he sees that I'm he, he knows about the real estate that I'm doing. I'm trying to get him into it. I was like, once we go to season, Malcolm. You know, I'm going to fly you out to uh, St. Louis with me and we're going to be in this together because what that is going to do is not just be cool to see on TV. This my dad and me and my son, just three generations of working together. But there's going to be people your age who you're going to inspire, who is going to be like, oh, Malcolm's doing this. And this is going to like you're about to be the next person to inspire the next generation. Yeah. And even though you call me old, you're going to be old one day too, Malcolm. You're gonna... <laughs> he, he doesn't call me dad. He calls me old. He's like, hey, what's up, old? Hey, old. Whatever. So that's our little, and I call him young and like, that's our little thing. But 
I am going to do my best and also showing him how to create wealth and not just wealth, but even if he, let's say he becomes this big person, because the other thing that I, um, I do is there's a lot of comedians and people that's in the entertainment industry that I have linked up with out here who are like on TV shows making a lot of money. And now they're coming to me like, Willie, I made X, Y, Z on these projects. Can you help me invest? Because we're not taught that not only as, you know, kids and all this other stuff, like how we were saying in school, but we're not also taught that as entertainers, especially as comedians. All we know how to do is be funny. All I know how to do is to go on a stage, tell some jokes. I get my check at the end and I try to find the next one. We're not taught, okay, what now that we got this check, now what? We're right. told investments, but we're not told how to invest. We're not necessarily told where to take it. And it's the amount of people that's getting screwed out of money from like maybe business managers or their friends or whatever. I would like to just be able to give enough knowledge to my friends who are now making a decent amount of money to a lot of people who uh, that are reaching out to me. And so it's it's really exciting because they say like, you know, with athletes, there was a there was a stat that says 70 percent of athletes go broke. And it's like, uh, you know, they're not telling us how we can get rich. Mm-hmm. They know how to get rich and they do it really well. <laughs> majority, <laughs> But we have to learn. We have to help each other because there's so many private investors in real estate. You could, your money could be earning 10, 12 percent just by private money investing. So leaving your money in a bank is not how you're going to get wealthy at all. Exactly, You're going to lose your money that way. Um, But investing, even though it's scary, you got to take some chances Mm -hmm. and you have to trust, right? And you're going to make mistakes, but that's the only way to kind of move things along. Yeah. um, I think the more education you do and, you know, having a voice like you do, you can really make a huge difference. Do you, um, do you, have you been on bigger pockets yet? Oh yeah. I'm on, I'm on bigger pockets. My, if you look up Willie Mac, he's Willie Mac is on bigger pockets. Are you, yeah. I'll have to listen to that episode. <laughs> I, oh, oh, the podcast. No, I haven't yeah. been on the bigger oh, you pockets. Haven't been. Just the website. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that would be like a great thing for you and your brother to do. Like, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll actually have uh, my people try to reach out to them and see about getting on it. That would be actually, I didn't think about that. That would be a great look, actually. It would be great. Um, David Green is now doing it mostly because Brandon Turner is taking the year off, I think. Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Reach out yeah. to me. David Green. <laughs> I know, I know, I know David. I, I don't know him like that. I mean, I, I just yeah, know. Yeah, you know of him. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, well, I want to thank you so much for meeting with me. Because Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been fun. And I hope that you'll come back when the uh, children's book is out. I will. Yeah, because I know a lot of child psychiatrists. <laughs> and Perfect. As a matter of fact, um, I am on the art committee for the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. And so not to brag, but that book I could share with a lot of my colleagues at that meeting in October. So I don't know when it's coming out, but when it does, you know, let me know and I will share it 
Somebody oh my goodness, that would be so huge. Because the other thing, the last thing that I guess I'll say is uh, people are always asking, what can we do to help or whatever, just, you know, to build just what we're doing and all of this other stuff. I'm like, just support. Even if it's to shout out, you don't have to buy this or whatever, just tag and just tell a friend if you know someone, because that's that's really what a lot of these bigger people do is they, they're they collaborative, they're sharing, they're working together. And so for, you know, for you to even say that or do that is like huge. That's all, that's all it is to start, it's the word of mouth, it's the, it's the collaborative efforts together. And so, no, thank you for that. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Oh yeah, my pleasure. Um, I, I love what you guys are doing. I think it's beautiful. And I was so excited to see you on TV. Um, And I hope that, you know, the show takes off because we need more, more shows like you, like you. Yes, it's it's going to happen. I have faith. It's going to happen. I can see it. I love your dad too. He's, he's really, um, I love him. He's a great character. <laughs> the amount of people that I think my dad got more comments about this in the show than uh, me and John <laughs> did. People either like, we love his honesty. We got a couple of people that's like, hey, your dad kind of fine. I was like, hey, yeah, 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 get off my dad. Get off my dad. Or you get people that just talk. Like, even when we first got the uh, call about the show from the uh, Discovery and HGTV people, uh, they said, we think your dad is the reason why we're going to pick this show up because we love your dad. Everybody loves him. And I'm so glad that people yeah. can see that people can see that because the other way that I even was making, I was trying to make my dad in this show, you know, uh, on record, I guess. I don't know how to, how to word uh-huh. this, but after we lost Bill Cosby as America's dad, we were like, who is the next America's dad? And I was like, I think I would like for my father to fill that void because my he he was an amazing dad. He is somebody that a lot of people can look up to. He was always there for us if we needed him. And he was and he's not just one of those fathers that's just around. He's very, as you saw on the show, he's very opinionated. He's very vocal and he's very like, hey, this is how I feel, and this is how da 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 da. And then even at the end, uh, something that a lot of fathers don't do or. <laughs> Like he even admitted that he was wrong. He was like, listen, yeah. what you all did at first, I didn't like it. I didn't, I wasn't on board with it, but you all did an amazing job. And mm-hmm. I actually, and I've seen the episode maybe a few times already, but to actually see that on HGTV and him saying that it teared me up. I kind of, I, I yeah. had a TV moment. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, man, I made us to make our dad proud was like, so exciting. Yeah. And you could see it on his face too when he said it. I mean, he just lit up. He was so yeah. proud. He was so proud. Um, yeah, I think it's important to talk about um black fathers because um, you know, the the media just does not do justice to all those wonderful dads out there. Mm-hmm. And so the more the more we have of those images and those experiences, I love the way you talk about your dad giving you the tools and showing you how to build things from an early age and working together that togetherness. And um, I think it's beautiful. So your family has a lot to offer the world. Uh, You know, thank you for sharing your gifts because you have many. Uh, thank you for giving me another platform to just even tell this story and reach out and 
Yeah, no, this is an incredible journey, and we have so much more to show. And um, yeah, no, we're really excited. I'm excited. I'm so glad <laughs> to have met you. So, yes. Thank you so much. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Willie Mack. He is fabulous, and I hope you will go to his YouTube channel and check him out. Check out some of the, um, the bits that he's done and, and have a laugh or two. They're quite funny. And also, if you get a chance to see My Flipping Family, I hope that you will enjoy that as well. I also would love it if you would write a review and let us know what you thought and um, share the episode with someone who you think might enjoy it. I thank you for listening and I look forward to sharing with you more art and creativity in this world. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye now. Thank you.